0: We'll back in here. This is our home. Your rescue team. Not assassins. The Bayou's of Louisiana. The home of a little
1: understood group of Americans. There's something out there waiting for. And there ain't no man. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. Uh, I'm not going to way out here. She's in the jungle. Just came alive and took okay. him. Back! The other day, I was going down to my girlfriend. I said to her,
2: Chase, you got a big pussy. Chase, you got a big pussy. She said, Why did you say that twice? And I said, I didn't. See,
1: it's because of the echo. <laughs>
2: ways which you can become by subscribing on patreon uh, we decide on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover patreon subscribers also get an on-air shout out and two bonus episodes every single month which we have been doing for like something like six months now yeah. so we have quite a back catalog of episodes waiting for you guys back there 14 or 15 so if you haven't made the jump we got lots of episodes waiting for you many hours uh, including of which would have been just uh one week ago what did we do we did the thing We did uh, John Carpenter's sort of uh, apocalyptic, uh, moody, shape-shifting body horror film, The Thing, uh, and we paired it with... Uh, Chuck Russell's 1988 The Blob, more of a 50s teen drive in satire yeah. body horror type situation. Very but funny. A lot of fun nonetheless. Lots of great effects happening there. Yeah. Um, I'm still thinking about that bit in The Blob where the dude gets sucked into the drain. Oh my God. Uh, his whole body and the limbs are sticking out and blood spurting everywhere. Great stuff. Uh, <laughs> so if you guys haven't made the jump to Patreon, you can find that uh, on last week's episode. Uh, but two weeks ago would have been the last time uh, everyone would have heard from us, free listeners. Uh, And that's when we would have had uh, both Matt Chrisman of the Chapo Trap House podcast on as well as the uh, official institute of Gremlins 2 studies. (laughs) We had both of those guests on talking Gremlins and Gremlins Two, uh, yeah. both uh, iconic Joe Dante works, and we got a little bit of conversation in there about the burbs and a couple other Joe Dante things, which maybe, hopefully, on the show, we'll get back to uh, at a later date. Yeah, uh, But that's what you, uh, would have been the last time you guys heard from us, but this week, we have uh, two more special guests on. Uh, this is the, the second time we're doing two guests. It gets a little crowded, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, uh, Dave... Imboden, Dave, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. It's Imboden, but that's okay. Imboden, Imboden. Yeah, We'll get there. Do you know, what, do you know how I'm going to remember this? Bodhi. Yeah, Bodhi, from Point Break. From Point go. Break. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm, I'm going to remember like that. like Patrick Swayze too, a live version. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so Dave is with us and also his podcast co-host where they, uh, at PodFast and PodFurious, where they talk all kinds of uh, fast family Films. Uh, it's the, uh, I called it uh, the oral manifestation of cracking open a Corona, <laughs> cold Corona with the boys. Absolutely. Talking, <laughs> talking talkin Vin Diesel movies, rock movies. Uh, alongside Dave is his co-host, Chance. Chance, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you for having us. No problem. And Chance
3: actually looks a lot like Keanu Reeves. I do. 1991 version. Yeah, 1991. <laughs> we're, just, we're both just like shredded,
2: <laughs>
3: beautiful hair flowing in the wind. And the waves, and the waves, the wind and the waves, the wind
2: and the willows, that sort of thing. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, what films have you brought with you to talk about on this show, and why have you paired them together? Today
3: we brought with us John McTiernan's 1987 classic Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, Jesse Ventura, Sonny Landham, Bill Duke. You name it. Shane Black. <laughs> Black himself, the director of the upcoming The Predator. And then we've also brought Walter Hill's 1981 Southern Comfort starring Powers Booth, Keith Carradine, Fred Ward, Peter Coyote, bunch of sons of bitches. Why compare <laughs> these movies together? Well, you take a group of macho boneheads and you stick them in a forest and you have a hidden threat hunting them down one by one. Which film did I just describe, Chance? Either one. I mean, it depends whether rednecks or not. Red, the rednecks, who knows the predator could be the redneck of the predator world. <laughs> redneck.
2: Red we don't exactly. know that <laughs> predator oh. two contains a couple more clues as to that, <laughs> but, but not enough. I don't, I don't remember predators at all, but I don't remember if they, <laughs> they ever d- decided on official hierarchy. One's of, just like of, playing of somewhere. Yeah. Plucking those strings. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. awesome. Uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it. We'll talk predator. It kills for pleasure.
1: Ah! Uh, he will skin the life. It hunts for sport. Killing us one at a time. We're all going to die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Ah! Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere.
3: We can do sound effects if you want. We'll just, I can start doing it. Yeah!
4: Get the <laughs> chopper! Mac! Mac! <laughs> Pew pew! That's exactly how we'll get into this segment. <laughs> Let's go,
2: Josh. <laughs> Woo, we are talking Predator, <laughs> the 1987 American sci-fi action horror uh, craziness that yeah. takes the 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 sort of uh, macho war film and brings it into the world of the slasher film. Uh, we kind of talked about another movie on the show, uh, before that had done that a little bit, that was first blood. Uh, right. but this takes it to a whole nother level with its threat. Uh, I don't feel like we have to go too deep into what this movie is about because if you don't know predator, like fuck off, like, <laughs> like, I don't even get out of here. What, what, I don't even want to want you, you here. Um, I don't uh, know. You're no friend of mine. Yeah. It's a little elitist. Uh, towards uh y action movies but that's fine uh, this film stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as okay uh, Dave what's his name I'm blanking already this his is name is Major Dutch Schaefer <laughs> Dutch Schaefer Dutch Schaefer <laughs> great name uh, powerful and, <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of heads up a, a, a guerrilla team of mercenaries who get called in in what seems like uh, particularly tough situations. Apparently they went to Afghanistan before this um, and they, they, they clean up messes and uh, while they're there also create messes of their own. Um, yeah. uh, but they are very good at doing both. Uh, which is why he has been brought in by both the uh, CIA, I believe, as, and his old friend Dylan, played by Carl Weathers, uh, who have a unique mission for Dutch and his team of uh, sort of uh, macho misfits. Yep. Um, Shane Black, uh, directing the upcoming Predator, uh, is one of those team members. He's kind of a bit of the more geeky version, always walking around telling pussy jokes. Yep. Um, both of which are funny. Oh, uh, yeah. One guy in particular thinks that one is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what kind of happens is that uh, they have uh, a mission, which is, uh, I think they're told it's a rescue mission, right? Yeah, yeah, because we're, we're a rescue team, not
3: assassins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this
3: is the cabinet minister, right? Is what the story they feed him. Their helicopter yeah. went down, so they have to go uh, find this cabinet minister and his buddy.
2: Yeah, and I think his question is, do your cabinet ministers, like, always fly on the other side of the border? (laughs) Uh, And they're just like, no time to worry about that now. We just got to get them out and get them safe. (laughs) Yeah. And you're here to help us do that. Uh, So you you can kind of see right off the bat that these guys are being played a little bit on what exactly the, the mission is. And that clearly the American presence in there... Uh, is unwanted and maybe unlawful. <laughs> like most times in history. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's very, very Reagan-era, yeah. Sort of uh, you know, Contras and Sandinistas and that sort of thing.
2: Proxy wars. Exactly. Banana um, republics. And M- M- McTiernan kind of impressively opens the film with kind of like a wordless exchange of setting up Kind of how the team interacts with each other and how and Arnold's place in it, uh, especially when he comes swaggering out of the helicopter with his big old cigar.
4: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's also something uh, that I found interesting about the the actual score at the very beginning. Mm. It's kind of got this very, you know, military snare, but the snare is just offbeat. So there's, um, it almost feels like there's something. Jamie's wrong getting something his music coming. background yeah, in here. Yeah, gotta, here we you know, go. Got to go. talk about the score. Getting some analysis. But I thought that was that was kind of cool because it 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 made me think of you know the tightness of the military. But then that snare was just off, and it just gave me that uneasy feeling of something to come. Exactly, so that
2: cool. and that's the that's kind of the larger film. Is it, it it takes a very muscly, sweaty, macho one-liners of of, <laughs> of these mercenary dudes. Puts them into this very misty, foggy jungle scenario um, where they are—they are clearly an unwanted presence, and they are there um, to do some carnage, uh, which they do. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I
3: was—I uh, was saying to chance. It, it felt nice to be represented on screen for once. Like I truly Absolutely. understood. Like I felt seen. Like I was looking in a mirror with these <laughs> massive beefcakes stepping off the helicopter, and I was like, "These are my people. Yep. I'm amongst my." And that's oh every crap. time
0: Dave and I meet up. We slap hands and kind of <laughs> yeah. wrestle in the air There's together. Earthquake. <laughs> yeah.
3: Seismic activity. Chance is always in here when I come in working out in his own personal gym. Just getting reps. Every time we're, I come over to record another episode, he's just <laughs> just pumping
2: iron, working the pec. There's an the exchange <laughs> of energy happening there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. Uh, and, yeah, so it takes that exact it, – it, you know, it, it, it's a biopic of Dave and Chance, and it takes – <laughs> that, 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 that very manly relationship, that very special relationship. Um, it adds in uh, this very analog quality, this tech fetish, uh, and, th- and then it brings it into the realm of a, a sort of an off-kilter slasher where they are being preyed upon by a, uh, a another foreign being in the same way that maybe they are to other people where there is this, uh, this, this more digital, futuristic, alien... Predator, who's out there in the jungle, um, and it is going to uh, off them one by one as the movie uh, c- continues exactly. in, a, in a sea of uh, of skin, uh, both uh, on people and not on people. <laughs> yeah, uh, of, of of blood, of very sticky blood effects happening here. Where if something, it's kind pops, of like
0: well, it's kind of like Google versus Trump. I don't know if you heard the news today, but it's you know this techie techie company coming after. <laughs> After <laughs> the most muscular man in political entertainment, that's right. It's you exactly like
2: that, but with a little bit more tech fetish, a little bit more metal. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's lots of great sound design here of of, of snipping of wires and loading of guns, uh, and and I feel like McTiernan, who I think a lot of the time gets a, a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a bonehead, um, really subverts what you would expect of a bonehead action movie like this um, and brings it into the realm of a little bit of the uncanny as it almost seems like he's dissecting our own uh, <laughs> indulgences in action. I'm thinking specifically of the first sort of attack sequence when they finally raid uh, the the little village for right. uh, the, the supposed rescue mission that they're doing. Right. Uh, and the the action is just unbelievable the amount of explosions and the the sort of like a montage of it yeah uh where all of this gunfire is just being wrought upon and it's very thrilling and you're like oh damn and it's insanely uh excessive and bombastic uh,
4: what uh, i also <laughs> appreciate is before they do that they kind of set them up in this uh this stealth kind of way like it shows <laughs> exactly. it shows that they do have some intelligence when bill it comes duke to, especially who seems yeah. like an
2: experienced dude and he's there and he's he's being like we're gonna do this intelligently we're right. not gonna have you uh
4: and then as the chaos just <laughs> ensues it just becomes more and more we're not gonna have bombastic. you exposing
2: our location anymore carl weathers Yeah. But uh, eventually meanwhile just shooting
4: at trees because they're so freaked out so i mean <laughs> I was uh,
3: I was just rereading. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It came out last year. It was uh, like the oral history of Predator. It was in the Hollywood Reporter. No, and, I don't uh, think I saw that. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a great read. Um, that whole battle sequence came about because McTiernan was behind schedule and the studio was like, we're going to shut this fucking thing down if you don't get us something that we can you know, show to the producers and be like, no, no, we're on schedule and this looks badass. So they came in and they rewrote this whole sequence. They said Joel Silver was on set in like a pith helmet directing can traffic like a conductor. Um, <laughs> the second unit director was this guy, Craig Baxley, who actually directed Stone Cold, which I believe I recommended to you with uh, starring oh, the boss. Oh, yes. Uh,
2: By the way, Jamie, we're going to yeah. talk about this on the show. OK. It has uh, this dude's a wrestler, right? Boz, the Boz? Uh, he was a football player. Oh, football player. A former football player who has a giant uh, iguana as a pet. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. <laughs> and he infiltrates like a biker gang. Oh, my and, God. And It's vicious. There's so much killing, so much nonsense. That sounds amazing. It, it's very similar to Raw Deal that we talked about with Arnold oh, okay. Schwarzenegger. I'd definitely be <laughs> In down. terms of tone. What
4: year is it
3: from?
2: Oh, uh, like, 80s. 80s? Okay. Nice. It's Early 90s. I think it might be 91. Oh, oh, okay. Early 90s. But yes. Yeah,
4: we're definitely doing that
2: absolutely but yeah that makes a lot of sense because the 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 this action scene does feel like a bit of a an action demo reel of badassery and and i and and, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's why it feels like it it just stands out so much in the movie because it feels like their presence in this location is sort of uh, the, the way that we love sort of that action violence, that, that, uh, that sort of adoration. It's very lovingly crafted. It's very like, get right into this thing. Meanwhile, from what we understand, just a minute later after this action sequence, they're like, why the fuck did we just kill all of those people? (laughs) Cause you know, maybe they didn't have the best stuff planned, but we don't know. (laughs) We don't even understand what they were there for other than, uh, they gave
4: the one hint where it was the guy he did get that one dude got shot right in the head. Oh yeah uh, yes. but I mean, other than that, they just kind of they're like, okay, that's confirmed. Let's go in and destroy every single thing that lives here
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> and uh, I they end up taking um a, a young native girl right who, yeah, who, ends so. up, who who ends up being the source that that's what the CIA was really after um no, I don't think she was but... No, she wasn't like a witness or something I can't remember.
3: I, c- I could never figure it out. Honestly, like the many times I've watched this when I was younger, all the stuff with the gorillas and the CIAs, my eyes just kind of glazed over and I was <laughs> it's, it's an alien. But I was really paying attention to it last night when I was re watching. And uh, I think she was just sort of collateral that was there and they were like we i guess we got to drag her along drag, yeah drag her along and see what she knows but yeah, wrong place wrong time right but after they shot up yeah. the village like, dylan's going through all this paperwork and shit and he's like oh yeah we, we got a lot of great stuff here <laughs> great paperwork great pa- yeah the gorillas have really meticulously plotted out their invasion
4: <laughs> <laughs> thank god for that <laughs> Woo.
2: <laughs> yeah so we kind of see them as this, this you know, the, the, the American presence in, in, in a foreign territory. Uh, and then immediately after, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Dutch, and, and, and his crew is obviously very confused as to what their role was in what they just did. Um, other than to brutally kill in the most beautiful, fun way to watch possible. <laughs> yeah. um, and shortly after, though, um, is, it, is it Bill Duke who kills a scorpion? kills a, kills a scorpion yeah. and then yeah. yeah Dylan's got the
3: scorpion on his back and he does the uh, the whole over here turn around gig
2: yeah uh, where he where he seems he seems a little nefarious but then it turns out to just be <laughs> yeah but even <laughs> after that he still got this look of like all right you know I saved Bill you, but Duke you watch out is incredible in this movie um, oh yeah uh, Bill Duke has uh, his his role in here is. In his eyes, you just see the experience of this dude who's been on all of these missions. And yeah, he's who's got very, that
4: thousand-yard stare, he as think, they say.
2: He, he's clearly the thinker, the one who thinks everything through and is very deliberate in all of his actions and very strategic as a as a, uh, an, an actor. And I almost I almost
3: like to think of him. Him and Blaine sort of have this old married couple relationship, but they're yeah. a little bit like Master Blaster from Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> Where like... <laughs> explains the guy who goes out and
2: destroys shit while Max riding on top of his head. <laughs> exactly. Um, but what sort of unfolds as the movie sort of pivots into its more slasher elemental film that it eventually coheres into. Uh, it, it's really affecting when Bill Duke starts to lose his fucking shit because you know that he's the pragmatic you know that he's the chill dude uh, so as soon as he goes wide eyed and is losing his mind uh, you really feel it um, and that is when the the, the actual predator starts uh, having seen them kill a scorpion and in his, uh, his, his infrared vision watch that scorpion die in his hand he decides these bitches are killers and they think they're better killers than me? Nah. <laughs> and he he pretty much proves, uh, proves, them, proves himself mostly right. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I guess, eventually is the better killer. <laughs> but yeah. there are a lot of corpses along the way to learning that. Um, and one by one, Dutch's team gets just brutally uh, destroyed, both by lasers that pulverize through the torso and launch this, like, just really... Like sticky pussy blood uh, into the camera and onto the grass and onto the leaves in the jungle. Um, And there's all kinds of skinned corpses. Um, which are really horrifying. Uh, a lot of the makeup in this, a lot of, with a lot of the stuff that we talk about, is really excellent. But uh, there's something uniquely, I think, blunt about McTiernan's use of the violence here, mm-hmm. where he doesn't revel too much in it, but it's it, the matter-of-factness of it is almost scarier. Yeah,
4: because, yeah, you're right. They don't really linger on too many shots of the kills. It's just kind of like, this guy is brutally killed. It
2: happens, and it's brutal when you see it. Right, and then it's just... <laughs>
4: you know onto the next one so it just makes you feel even more helpless watching it for them because you're just like it's just quick. It's just, you're dead now because you're up against something that's far more powerful than you are. Yeah.
2: I, I feel like his style just sort of like, like peels the skin off of, you know, and um, the American action movie and it reveals something just really gross and sick kind of underneath. It reminded yeah. me a little bit of, uh, uh, Wes Craven's Hills Have Eyes and oh, that okay. kind of like just very primal blunt, like blow to the head kind of, uh, yeah. um, style action. Uh, but McTiernan, uh, Uh, especially um brings it into the more sort of like tech analog because that's more like Mm lo-fi like uh cannibal style thing there's something about the 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 sort of tech and digital versus the the primal base natural stuff happening here that uh, is unique to this
4: for sure i mean even the predator the way he uses his weapons and things like that like it's based in technology but the other things you could think are kind of uh archaic in the sense like he uses the one disc it's almost representative of like a like a boomerang or something <laughs> like that you know he's he's got swords instead of uh uh guns or anything like that yeah, he does like have the one cannon his hand but uh yeah like it, it just seems like he wants to get personal with his kills rather than just you know, snipe them from afar
2: or something. Well, like yeah, that. he's killing for sport. That's the right. scariest thing. I think they eventually right. learn is the idea that they they carrying trophies. Yeah, and that they they'll never really understand exactly exactly why. Predator two tries to answer a little bit Does more it? why. I haven't uh, seen it. Not necessarily to the best. Uh, Effect. I like that movie, but uh-huh. it was it, it was a case of the, they basically try to turn the Predator mythology into like just like a a, a giant big game hunt kind oh, of thing. Okay. Like who? It's it's almost like a intergalactic gladiator. Is so kind is it of like what the, the predators, predators are. Based were on predator all 2. versing
4: <laughs> each other. Like they were trying to get the most kills. And, and or? everything in the universe. Oh, like okay.
2: Basically, like they just want to. As long as you are keeping killing, you're staying on top of the oh, on top okay. of the chain. Kind I of. I it.
0: It really actually got opened up. Like after two, they've kind of did like the alien versus predators and the colonial Marines video games. And that's where like a lot of the, the deeper predator lore actually comes from oh, and comes to life. like this hunter society. Um, yeah, it's a very like hierarchy based on who the strongest and most dangerous hunter is. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was a big, big nerd back in the nineties. The <laughs> <90s. laughs>
2: <laughs> that's interesting. But what's, what's, what's kind of cool about what McTiernan does with this one is that what is truly scary is that They don't really know and that is What Arnold yeah. uh, wrestles with uh, In sort of like the back third That like really turns into like this Almost like weirdly like Abstract it's, it's nearly silent uh, Other than the few uh, Arnold You ugly motherfucker and like That kind of predator shit scream and it, Exactly yeah. it, it, but it, it becomes a One on one almost abstract Weird thing that's happening in in the final Third and all like, Home alone yeah, exactly. He starts setting traps. <laughs> yeah, he, d- 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 human ingenuity wins <laughs> yeah. the day, right? That's how it goes. Hey, brains over brawn. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well so i do like that arnold becomes sort of a comic hero in the end yeah. like after the predator takes his mask off you know he's doing the ugly motherfucker lines and he's like he has these crazy like mugging reactions when he tries to hit yeah. him with a log he's a like, bad idea <laughs> yeah. like he seems he seems not at all freaked out you were talking about 48 hours but now he's totally used to the idea of a nine foot tall
0: alien with dreadlocks chasing him around in a swamp with a weird splitting mouth yeah. like
2: right especially when yeah. the camera is so shocked by the violence earlier uh, like when Carl Weathers like loses his arm and there's this slow-mo gorgeous shot of his muscular arm like fa- falling off of his body still firing the gun yeah oh, and like my. and like you see images like this and you're like oh my god this is horrifying and then by the time Arnold gets around to it he's just kind of like accepted it he's just like he's been reduced to something yeah Uh <laughs> But yeah, the uh, specifically, because there's a lot of brutal, brutal deaths. And over the course, they they sort of, they learn more about uh, what they're being preyed upon by. Uh, and it's this, this, this alien being that's seemingly killing them for sport, but largely for reasons, actually, that they'll never really comprehend. Which kind of puts them in the same kind of situation, again, that uh, the people maybe they just killed probably felt, where they seemingly just got killed for sport in... Uh, yeah.
3: I think the uh, the ultimate expression of that is at the end when Arnold's about to smash the predator with the rock, and he says, "What the hell are you?" Mm-hmm. And the predator asks him, "What the hell are you?" Yeah. Oh
4: man, really makes you think. Gets in your head. Sticks in your crawl. Something else that I I really appreciated with the uh, how because the predator laughs. Like at the yep. end, right? Like a maniacal evil laugh. And what's weird about it is that it starts off very alien-like, yep. but as the laugh gets further, it becomes more and more human. Yeah. And, and it freaked me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, it actually was pretty horrifying. Well, he
3: didn't, isn't it like a distorted version of Billy's laugh yeah. from earlier? Yeah. yeah he the, the like pussy Oh,
4: okay, okay. See, I was, I didn't read that correctly then because what I just heard was it starts You thought that was the alien's voice. And I thought like he was, yeah. So I mean, okay, if anything, it became scarier though, because now he's yeah. just using the <laughs> old deaths to mock Arnold and, and humanity. So that's crazy.
3: It's, it's similar to the, uh, the bear from Annihilation that was mimicking the voices of the women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same idea.
2: Okay. Right. Right. And yeah, the the sort of because uh, you're right, it starts off a little bit more like bestial, and yeah, then it,
4: and yeah, then it, and
2: then it gets more human. Well, and that's and that's kind of like largely what the film uh, in the in the makes you think kind of way is 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 getting at is it's it's putting these dudes who are very used to being a, uh, a sort of a colonizing force of military and it's putting them on the end of the opposite side of it of being hunted being killed for sport being killed for reasons you'll probably never understand why uh, and uh, looking at a horrible monster that just wants to inflict carnage on everyone you know for again reasons you'll never seemingly know. Seemingly no reason. Yeah, yeah exactly uh, and just screaming at it what the hell are you (laughs) um but the but but what's interesting is that uh there are sort of like there's lines that get at that but it's actually more in the filmmaking that you really because this movie for me is a movie that rewatching it just recently i actually hadn't seen it since i was maybe in high school and i did uh high school me was a snob. So I was like, Oh, that was a trash <laughs> movie or that was like a action movie, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, watching this, uh, I had like a bit of a, like a, like an epiphany moment yeah. where I was like, Holy shit, this is, this is, this <laughs> th- this is real art. Yeah. Uh, getting, getting into the, all the analog tech and the, and the mud. Um, and especially I think one of the most beautiful shots that we've talked about on this show is Arnold close up on Arnold's face while he's kind of like looking back because he knows the Predator is around, but he's hiding and he's got the mud on his face and all this uh, and the digital glimmer of the Predator hovers over his face. And it like disrupts the image in the same way we were talking about how uh, in the thing, how Carpenter used the split diopter shots to kind of like disrupt the image in a way that you're not used to watching something. Here we see the actual physical presence of the alien, its own like invisible camouflage glimmer, distort Arnold's face. And we're looking at Arnold through the predator. And I was like, deep, deep. (laughs) I was like, we got, we got some real McTiernan. He's, he's, he's an intelligent man. He's yeah. thinking all this through. This isn't just action schlock, ladies it, and gentlemen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it it's, it's alchemic. It's near experimental <laughs> is what it is. We're getting into some, some real digital shit, man. I wish McTiernan was able to still make stuff today.
4: <laughs> what was his last film? I don't remember. Basic.
2: What. I think it was basic. Basic. Okay. I hadn't seen that. I don't think uh, I've seen that one either.
3: Sam Jackson and Travolta. It's sort of like a Rashomon type thing where like, uh, military uh what do you call it that the upper military ranks i don't know what do you call the, them the upper echelon of the, the military upper, that's <laughs> the
4: word that's <laughs> the, echelon six
3: somebody's been killed and uh everybody's got a sort of different story of how it happened and <laughs> sift through it okay. but his it was i was amazed this is only mctiernan's second movie predator his first is this movie called nomads starring pierce brosnan and that's what like got him a job on Predator. Like One of the producers saw it and showed it to Arnold, and he was like, yeah, this is our guy. Um, <laughs> Nomads is extremely weird. It's uh, Pierce Brosnan. It's the only thing McTiernan's ever written as well. Pierce Brosnan's like an anthropologist, uh, and he has a French accent, so the movie's worth a watch just for that alone.
4: Is it, is it bad, like Pierce oh. Brosnan doing the French accent?
3: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to hear. <laughs> but he's like he's following around Adding this... To the watch uh, list. This gang of miscreants led by Adam Ant. So they're a mute gang of miscreants in L.A. And uh, it's very
0: sort of like an arty Euro horror. The most, the biggest oh, okay. thing I could compare it to is like Michael Mann's *The Keep*, honestly. And, and this is the one where you were telling me that uh, you get kind of a silhouette of uh, Pr- Brosnan's dick. Yeah, yeah. You just get like, a <laughs> sliver of Brosnan's hog in the moonlight. <laughs> That's what I look for in movies. I'm like, Do I get to see a celebrity's dick in this because if so, sign me
2: up. Yeah,
4: yeah, exactly.
2: *Gone Girl*, you get that that. It- 0.5 seconds of ben affleck walking around five stars don't, don't get <laughs> that's, on that's that. what
0: started my whole my whole obsession it with it cracked open <laughs> Pandora's box of celebrity cock
2: yeah, everybody yeah. was so obsessed with it for a while <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man that's a great digression but it is
0: really, it is really interesting how like predator this movie that really comes off is just kind of your average run-of-the-mill, like, action 80s extravaganza, like, does have these, like, deeper themes to it that I think yeah. a lot of people just glaze over and just, you know, remember it for the the violence. And, and the, the handshake. That's yeah. the big
3: one. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the most macho movie ever. and, well, and It's a meme yeah. now. Yeah, well, one of the... Is.
4: I think one of the most badass lines the uh I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just come on now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> same
2: same thing when we were kinda talking when we talked about First Blood on the show, we were like a lot of people remember the Rambo sequels I think more than they remember the First, First, First Blood. One,
4: which really gets into the psyche of Which uh, which Rambo. is a, wh- yeah,
2: which is a lot sadder um, yeah. than yeah. than I think people uh, give it credit for. And especially here, uh, we're talking about people are remembering the big macho gunfire scenes, which again, seemingly were studio mandated to be lovingly crafted, but it works anyway.
4: Yeah. Uh, And even at the end with Arnold, like once he's, you know, defeated the predator or whatever, and he's, he's leaving on the helicopter, he seems like he's seen some shit and his oh, yeah. mind has changed about some things. He's not smiling, he's he's kind of just blank faced and really thinking about something.
2: Well though no, cuz because what's sort of interesting about that is that he uh he, like he, he obviously he beats the predator. He becomes yep. the ultimate predator. Exactly. Uh, uh, and then it's it, there's a little bit of like, but at what cost? Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Arnold's, Arnold's face as he's leaving, uh, realizing that, holy shit, he's never going to get an answer as to what the fuck that was or why it even happened. Right. And all of his friends are dead because of it. Every so, single so, one. So even though he he has technically won out the day in this very uh, thrilling uh, sequence, which has lots of, uh, sparks flying and this gorgeous nighttime photography. Yeah. Um, it, the look on his face ultimately is one of like confusion and, and defeat. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that he did come out on, on, on top. Uh, it, it's, it's weirdly sad and, and, and moody for, uh, you know, uh, ultimately what is an Arnold Schwarzenegger beating the shit out of an alien movie. Right. Um, and yeah, same thing for, for Rambo. I think people a lot of the time just, uh, they want to see the macho-ness and they don't see the sort of, uh, subversive attitudes that people kind of fit into, into that. Yeah. Um, well,
0: that's the thing. I mean, Rambo is supposed to kill himself at the end of that movie. That's how it is in the book. Like yeah. that entire movie is just about the effects of PTSD. And that's why I really love the, the fourth one with the ending where he finally goes home. It was like, okay, this is a nice bookend to what was the seriousness of the first one.
2: Yeah. Nice. I don't think I've seen the fourth one, unless that's the one. The
4: is the fourth one, the newest one, like the yeah, the like... newest one. Oh He's I, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah,
2: yeah the 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 two thousands one that got. It's been a while, that's but a I remember movie. liking it
4: actually. Yeah. But I, it's been it's been a very long time, so. <laughs>
2: Well, don't worry. Stallone's got
3: some cartels to kill. Yeah, Rambo 5 coming soon. See, oh, that yeah, just, it is. It is. It,
2: there is a Rambo 5 in Beautiful. development, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, so, I guess so. he's
4: leaving home again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Doesn't fortunate. quite get
4: that wrap up. <laughs> oh.
2: Duty is calling.
4: Yep, the, the, the movie industry needs to, needs to damage Rambo a little further. He's got a gun down. <laughs> yes.
2: More swarms of people in the backs of Jeeps just being pulled up to the situation, trying to find out what's happening. But he hates it. Yeah. He doesn't like doing it.
0: (laughs) Rambo 6, Rambo in Charlottesville. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) On whose side? (laughs) The think? Oh,
3: God. Oh, my
2: God. All right. Well, you know what? I think that might just do it for Predator. Yeah. Uh, for you. Oh, pick- hang on. I do want to
3: share one story. This is for from sure. the oral history. Oh, absolutely. But, um, so, Jean Claude Van Damme was actually originally cast as the Predator. True story. Right. Damn. And he was, uh, they brought him like this big red suit that he hated. <laughs> they said it looked like a big rubber chicken, and he was <laughs> jumping around in the fucking woods, swinging around. And, uh,. There's a bunch of different stories as to why he got fired from the movie. Some said like he was too short. They were like, the Predator can't be five six. <laughs> there's one story that he threw down the head of the suit and broke it, and it was like tens of thousands of dollars, and they told <laughs> him to take a hike. But uh, my favorite was, uh, I don't know who this is, High Neck, must be a producer. I was in Joel Silver's trailer, and he had called for Jean-Claude to come see him. And he comes in the trailer, and Joel starts saying, you got to stop kickboxing, because Jean-Claude wanted to kickbox. And he's telling him, "Look, the Predator is not a kickboxer." <laughs> and Van Damme was like, "I must do that. That's how I see the Predator." <laughs> and Joel said, "Well, you're fired. Get out of my here. Get out of my office." Van Dam says, "Kiss my
0: balls," and walks out. And that was the end of that. That's definitely how it went. No matter, no matter the actual truth. <laughs> I love the idea that we could have had a kickboxing Predator facing off against Or <laughs>
4: right. for real. Well, I think I haven't seen it, but I did see a clip in uh in the one of the newer ones predators or whatever For it's predators, called predators yeah. uh it's uh they have a samurai guy fight the predator with like a samurai sword or something a katana i believe so yeah. i mean they, they kind of went in that realm eventually it seems
2: <laughs> shane black we believe we yeah,
4: believe in you yeah we believe in you he's, he's,
3: he's a yakuza the the whole conceit of predators is that they take killers from around the world like they bring in like uh like a uh, like a Boko Haram guy and like a Russian dude okay. and for some reason Walton Goggins as a prison rapist. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's really good at what he does. <laughs> 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 yeah. And what he does ain't pretty. <laughs> oh man. Yeah,
4: there's actually and there are clips of uh, Van Damme in that red suit on oh, the yeah? Internet. So if anyone's interested, well, I've seen I'm a few interested. clips. I haven't seen It's them. really funny looking. Part, so yeah, I'm gonna look that up. And it's like it's pure red because they had to do the chroma key or whatever it's called. <laughs> right, so right, right.
2: it's it's funny. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to enter the reductive rating round on this one. And for you, Dave and Chance, uh, this is the part of the show where we remove all the words, all the nuance. And we reduce the movie between a number between one and five. Uh, for basically our own bookkeeping pers- purposes on our on our uh, ongoing list of yeah. all the movies we've talked about ranked, um, but if you have any final notes to say while you give your rating, uh, feel, feel free to do so. Because uh, for me, for example, I'll go first as I always do because I am an asshole and I, uh, <laughs> I like the attention. Um, I'm going to give it a, a very easy uh, five. Uh, for a lot of the reasons we already talked about, I think this is a, a, a very subversive uh, action movie in that it takes a lot of the sort of um, muscly, macho, sweaty uh, war films and uh, by bringing it into the realm of the uh, slasher and reducing all of those exact same people that you think that are being uh, sort of lovingly filmed uh, and it reduces them to scared little boys getting brutalized and um, and also has uh, very interesting themes about uh, both the uh, colonial uh, colonialism and the military. Uh, and uh, I also think that the filmmaking, uh, not to say that uh, the film is only something, is beyond the actual themes and intellectualism of it, uh, is, is something that gets reduced to something very base um, and uh, almost, uh, honestly, in my opinion, near abstract when we get to the, uh, Arnold versus the predator stuff, which we didn't talk yeah. to too, too much about, but some of the imagery in that I lost it when the, uh, uh, I can't remember if it's the predator that lets out the big scream or no, it's mm. Arnold, Arnold Ar- hold, yeah, holding the torch and it, oh, and, right, and, right. It, and it cuts to a wider shot four times. Like the second time I did it, I was like, do it again. And then it like, did he's it again. just and then I was like do it animal. Again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. And, and just the, the, the way that McTiernan gets sort of like the the, 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 scope of it. And again, sort of like these, these images of the the predator dis- disrupting um, uh, Arnold's face. And as the sparks fly and the, the trees are being lit on fire at night and and stuff and arnold's all covered in mud and uh just accepted that his reality is that he's gonna hand-to-hand combat this alien <laughs> yeah uh it's it's completely bizarre uh weirdly moody um and completely uh analog gorgeous so yeah five for me
4: nice uh i'm also gonna give it a five uh this is i know blasphemous to say but this is my first time seeing predator <laughs> Which is crazy, I yeah, know. Yeah,
2: Jamie's the baby again. I always yeah. have to reiterate that when we started this show, the whole point was that I had seen a lot of this stuff and Jamie hadn't, but Jamie wanted to, and right. we talked about it all the time. It's so, an adventure. So a lot of this stuff is Jamie's first time view, but this one is a particularly blasphemous one in my opinion. Yeah, oh,
4: it, it absolutely is, and I knew it. It was the same thing with uh, with the thing that we did a week or two ago. Oh my god. Um, But I mean, well, now they're some of my favorite movies. I mean, this is a five easily. Uh, I I love that they just transform this already amazing, amazing action movie into a full out slasher horror film at one point. Cosmic carnage. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And uh, I mean, the the scenes uh, before it becomes a horror is are so well done. That chaotic scene in the in the camp infiltration is just amazing. Mm -hmm. It just never lets up. It's it's incredible. Um, And then you start going into these unique alien kills. And yeah, I I, I loved every minute of it. Uh, So yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Sweet. For you, Dave. Uh, For me, when I was a boy,
3: just but a boy, a handsome young boy, (laughs) uh, I showed this movie to my cousins and we all became obsessed with it. And we all started filming our own versions of Predator. We had a little JVC handy cam. We were running around out in the yard. The Predator was my cousin in a paintball mask with uh, butter knives between his fingers. <laughs> we shot the uh, the thermal vision through a fucking red wiffle bat. And it looked beautiful. And that's that's the only film I can ever say this about. So God bless Predator, God bless America, and God bless Arnold Schwarzenegger. Five stars.
4: <laughs> well said. Well
0: said. Chance. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go five stars for me. It's. Uh I had a buddy who was into sci-fi back in the day when I was in middle school, and he showed me this and Alien back to back, and Mm. I just became obsessed.
1: Yeah,
0: I'd play like Alien v Predator with him online, and he had all the books and shit like that, so I'd read them. It's not the same because you don't get Arnold, but you know, going back to this movie, it's it just it never gets old. Like it is timeless for me. Yeah, five stars.
2: Yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd say that this holds a similar, similar place in in my heart that like RoboCop does. Yeah. Ro- RoboCop oh, a little absolutely. more just because I watched it so much as a kid yeah. and I was, it was like my one of my first R-rated movies that I watched and I rewatched it forever. But they're as both like sort of uh filmic representations of the Reagan 80s and all of their violence and all of their mm-hmm. grotesquerie, uh both are pretty amazing. Uh, but, yeah, I think that will wrap it up for Predator. And next we're going to be back and we're going to be talking Walter Hale's Southern Comfort. Sweet. Let's do it. I'm fight my way out.
1: Comfort, it's the land of hospitality, unless you don't belong there.
2: All right, we are talking Southern Comfort, the uh, 1981, uh, I mean, Walter Hill likes to say it's not, but Vietnam allegory film.
4: Oh, really? He says it's not?
2: I, I, he says he didn't have it in mind when he was making it. But That's
4: interesting, because that's all I could think about.
2: It has, <laughs> simply because I think it has the vocabulary of a Vietnam film. Yeah, um, definitely. In the sense that, you know, something like Apocalypse Now or uh, a, a, mu- a much more underrated one that we have to talk about eventually, Casualties of War by Brian De Palma. Yeah, sure. uh, I don't know if you either of you guys have seen that, but that's an excellent uh, nom film. Um, so it's
4: kind of like watching these guys psychologically be destroyed the further it gets. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's violence as well, like physical violence, but it seems they're really focused on these people that are in places they're not used to and it's causing... Uh, deep psychological harm
2: yeah well and what, what's so interesting about uh this one the thing that does make it unique is that this one does not uh unlike predator and unlike a vietnam war film this film takes place in america right uh, it takes place in the louisiana south mm. in the good old bayou uh i think the poster says not since deliverance directly referencing uh the burt reynolds film
4: oh, okay um
2: And uh, it has a bunch of Louisiana National Guardsmen played by uh, Keith Carradine, uh, Powers Booth, who uh, R.I.P. the legend, the living legend – uh, okay, wait. Wait, I guess that's in bad taste. He's not. Uh, <laughs> he's not uh, a living. Uh, legend. Uh, the legend. Uh, just, scratch living, that, just stick scratch with the legend. That. Yeah. <laughs> he
0: forever lives on in our hearts. So there you right, go. There you go. That's yeah, how actually, it's done.
3: At the at the end of every episode of our podcast, we have a recurring segment called Should Power's Booth have been in this movie? And
4: he's <laughs> always yes.
3: And yeah. then we find a role for him in the film we just watched. That
4: is amazing. Well, I the answer that. is
2: always yes, because Powers Booth uh, was amazing. And I don't know, Jamie, if you've seen it. Uh, Deadwood. That, no, that, I, that's on my list. Because yeah. uh, I, I haven't finished it still. I think I'm only 1.5 or two seasons in. Okay. But Powers is absolutely incredible on that. And I think the only thing we might have talked about him in was uh, Cruising. Oh, that was an amazing movie. Because I think Powers Booth was the, uh, the hanky salesman.
4: Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Who, who discusses who, all the different colors or whatever? Yeah. He,
2: told, he tells <laughs> Al Pacino, uh, who's going undercover into New York's s and scene about what all the different uh, bandanas uh, the colors, and what the colors mean. And he was yeah. like, if you if you buy the yellow one, that means you want the golden shower. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, if you put the blue one in your back left pocket, it means you want it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that yeah, movie was insane. Uh, Powers Booth, uh, incredible in this film and in many other films, um, stars uh, as a Louisiana National Guardsman. Uh, as uh, the the uh, synopsis goes, that uh, they spend an isolated weekend uh, doing an exercise, but they find that they must fight for their lives when they anger a bunch of uh, local Cajuns by uh, stealing their canoes and uh, firing their blanks at them. Yeah, that guy's an idiot. Like a bunch of fucking idiots.
4: Well, especially that one dude. Like, he's just, from the very beginning, it's set up that he's probably going to be somewhat of an issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's very immature. He doesn't know how to handle the responsibility of a weapon, obviously. I mean, it's blanks, but... You don't fuck You're around so like it, that. <laughs> it's, it's boys and
0: their guns, and it's, like, the idea, like, as, as soon as, I had never seen this before, and as soon as he opens fire, like, at other soldiers, I was just like, right. in what universe are you not just getting a real
2: bullet to the head at that point? <laughs>
4: exactly.
2: Like, like with real trained people, they're going to be like, that yeah. dude's just firing at us. Right, exactly, yeah, exactly. Which
4: which the Cajuns totally think is happening, and, and shit goes down. I mean, what that, that was one of the, those moments where I'm just watching, and I'm like, what else... Did you think was going to happen, dude? Yeah. You know, like the, the only way it
2: could go is this. Yeah, so you so, know they have guns. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we left you a note. <laughs> well, because what it, what, it kind of, what it kind of feels like is that because they think they're still in America, they think that they're just kind of like a a bunch of dudes being bros and jocking around and right. doing their thing. Um, they're just on
4: a training thing. It's not that big of a but deal. But they, they yeah. don't
2: realize what the context of being in the National Guard uh, uniform and having the you know the, the full artillery there, even if it does isn't live uh, ammunition. And, uh, yeah, that, that kind of is what Walter Hill minds is this, this kind of like weird, uh, Americana experience mm-hmm. that very much mirrors the sort of psychological horror of, um, um, military films that would have been coming out at the time, especially yeah, in the seventies. For sure.
3: Yeah. And I was, I was a little bit confused. I had to look this up cause I think it takes place in 73. So it is right around yes. Nam And, um, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure, like, did they get drafted into the National Guard or are these guys who, like, specifically join the Guard to avoid? uh, I know at least
0: uh, Crazy Boy, Fred Ward, he signed up for the National Guard. Or the 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 National National (laughs) Guard. The National Guard. Like, he wanted to be in the Guard. Yeah, Yeah,
3: because Powers Booth seems very much like he didn't want to be there or even in the Texas Guard. Yeah, because he transferred
2: to get out of there
0: because I've been dealing with rednecks my whole life.
2: Right. (laughs) And he ends up in Louisiana. Perfect.
4: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big difference there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So now uh, you guys might be able to answer this question for us or maybe not. But as Canadians, what the fuck does the National Guard do? Do we even have a National Guard? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know, I don't so. know
4: much about <laughs> our military or defense. We just we hope that you guys I mean, can handle I gu- it. <laughs> I guess they
0: guard the nation. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically on standby. So you could if you're in the National Guard, like you could be sent overseas if like we needed more troops but i do it's like right. in times of like state of emergencies and right and shit like, like that. in
3: uh, baltimore a few years ago yep. after freddie gray was uh killed there was that uh what do they call it the baltimore the ba- uprising yeah the now. baltimore uprising uh, they, they issued a state of emergency and so the national guard was brought in basically to crack down on and the streets start and, tear gassing yeah, start like tear i actually i went
0: and took photos a couple days after and they right as i had left uh like a, a gathering of people that were sharing their stories of police brutality. Like as I was walking away, you could hear the national guard start firing off like tear canister, tear gas canisters into the crowd. Wow. They specifically have a line about that in the movie where uh, yeah. they're talking because TK
3: Carter from the thing is like the lone black guy in yeah. the unit. And they, they have a line about tear gassing a word I can't say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so basically how
0: not much has changed in the, in America. No, no.
2: <laughs> not since uh 80s dudes were making movies about the 70s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is uh um, I would say Dave Dave, why don't you walk us through kind of the the larger plot of this one?
3: I think you pretty much nailed it earlier. They they uh these National Guard uh bozos are sent out on a little uh weekend uh Again, retreat. weekend dick ex- what do you call retreat. it? Actually? Yeah. Uh and they they hang out and they they have to cross this uh, swampland area and uh, to get to the hookers
4: on the other to get side. to because yeah because right got the hookers Submission down to river. the hookers <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah like apocalypse now he has to go up river to kill Colonel Kurtz and this they have to go up river to bang some hookers yes That's very American. American life yeah. and, uh, they make some fools of themselves in front of some Cajuns and uh, then they're hunted one by one and uh, it sort of devolves into a very scary very moody trek into the the depths of the masculine
2: psyche <laughs> yeah we start to see the sort of like group dynamics under stress
4: yeah um and right away it's very obvious that these guys have not worked together for a very long time and uh i mean this actually it might be the first time ever technically yeah. so um it's Right away, as soon as the first person is killed at the very beginning, the sergeant, who's yeah. the leader. Yeah. So that doesn't help.
3: No. Nope. Uh, yeah, the guy just, that's actually seen uh, wartime. Right. He's actually been to Nam.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that the Cajun, uh, like, basically blasts right through the yeah. back of the head. Right in uh, the head at the very uh, beginning. Uh, while they're still on the canoes that they just stole from them. They're, they're like, 50 feet away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, immediately that just kind of. Uh, disintegrates the group dynamic pretty much immediately powers booth kind of takes a little bit of control as he seems a little bit of uh, a, yeah (laughs) yeah and he's gonna actually he's interested in holding people accountable for any kind of actions that take place whereas some people seem to immediately use the uh sort of uh the chaos of the situation to just do whatever the fuck they want. That yeah. one dude who like, uh, they, they go to one just random Cajun villager, and they start like brutalizing oh, Brian... him.
4: Yeah, and I love that too because eventually they speak on it and they're like, "We just came across the first Cajun dude we we saw, and we just started interrogating him and beating him. We don't even know if he's a part of this group." <laughs> so it was exactly. Like, well, it's amazing. They, they were self-aware at one point. And too. they they
2: blow up his house while the dude is in like a fit of mania painting a, a cross. On his chest yeah and you're like it's
4: part of the joke
2: yeah and, and powers booth <laughs> is looking at him being like why did you do that like <laughs> what,
4: what other guy. i'm just screwing around what man. other
2: reason does that look like than that you were like i'm a, a christian boy who's yeah. proud and i'm just gonna blow up a bunch of cajun people <laughs> yeah, this
4: is god's will
2: <laughs> well my whole thought of me, he was like how insane that like, guy was like he blew up a house full of
0: ammunition like and that just- supplies and I- yeah that shit could have been shooting bullets left and right everywhere. They could have mowed themselves down with that explosion. <laughs> yeah,
4: definitely.
3: I got to say, Walter Hill is very good at writing these sort of group dynamics because he also co-wrote Aliens, and you can see a lot of the same DNA yeah. in that. And then, um, of course, the Warriors. I think there's a lot of par- parallels between the groups and the Warriors and in this. Yeah, Fred Ward's very For, much like Ajax. Ajax. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: But yeah, as they kind of move on um, – from from uh, just terrorizing local Cajuns that have nothing to do with the Cajuns that are actually shooting them, uh, pretty justifiably in the first place, uh, we we get thrown into a a pretty like elemental nightmare situation, which is just these dudes uh, kind of like trolloping through um, the the bayou uh, in and. They him, They have no idea where, you know, yeah. Never and nobody can really decide familiar. who's in charge and what it is that they're going to do. Yeah. At, at one point they're talking about which direction they're going to go. And one guy's right. like, we're, we're headed north. And they were like, well, dude, we're heading east. And he's like, well, you got to head east to go north. And one dude's like, you got to head where to go where? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: What I found interesting too, is that some of them, it seemed like it was almost split in half. Um, It became like Casper, who was just the next you know on the leaderboard when at least it came mm-hmm. to rank he seemed like he was just trying to focus and and become the new leader when half of them didn't seem to actually respect him as the leader which eventually uh devolves into them splitting up and you know one of them is like you're a deserter and they're like yeah damn right we are <laughs> like they're just like proud of it at a certain point because they're like this this squad is not you know this isn't a strong team.
2: Yeah, again, it was supposed to be a training exercise. So, again, right. these guys, like, they they don't seem to be taking the situation as seriously as they should be for yeah. the most part. And only when things get really brutal, which Walter Hill films uh, <laughs> in, like, these uh, sort of, like, slow-mo, uh, like, blood pack explosions yeah. – is is when they really start to be like holy shit i could be the next one uh yeah. and the, the fact that they don't have ammunition and they blew up all the ammunition they could have had uh is, is like a huge part of that yeah. because they are just completely helpless
0: yeah, um. well and these guys are so useless that it's like their training exercise is just to go a direction and get to the other side of the river essentially <laughs> and they can't even accomplish that yeah on the direction
2: to go yeah because well, a, a big part of this is that they they, they get lost um mm-hmm. and it, it's in the course of because we spend so much time lost with them um you forget that this movie is taking place in louisiana yeah absolutely. Um, and which is
4: where it seems like the allegory for vietnam perfectly is 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 done but it i guess walter hill just i don't know
2: he against it I think he's just being a little coy yeah I, I think I think of like when Lynch says
4: you haven't figured it out yet yeah exactly kind of I think yeah. it, I
2: think it's the same idea okay. um, because he's he's just he's speaking especially in these these this sort of like uh horror war element he definitely knows what movies uh For sure. speak in that vocabulary too, it seems
4: too obvious um, while
2: you're watching it <laughs> but it leads to one of my favorite moments this confusion um, where eventually they do finally uh, make their way through the bayou and get to a road and at this point I think there's only two of them left because some of them uh have, have killed each other. Uh powers Booth has to stab the shit out of uh one of the dudes at one point.
3: Yeah, he kills Fred Ward, who
2: I'd like to note looks like John Burnthal in yeah. this. Yes. You catch that? He, young Fred Ward, very Burnthal esque. No, he does. Absolutely. That that jaw and the wrinkles got it. Um, well yeah, so, so Booth him. has
0: gun trained on him. Yeah. And he's like, nah, all right, you want to fight with knives? Fuck it. Let's go, big boy. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
2: But I think by the by the time we get to sort of like, uh, you know, after a lot of the dudes have been killed both by Cajuns and by each other and by the sort of just deteriorating psyches of the group at large, uh, it ends up just being Powers Booth and Keith Carradine, right? That's who ends yep. up kind of being at the end. Yep. And they find a road and they get to the road and just a local truck driver drives by and is like, oh, hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, you want to ride into town or whatever? Yeah.
4: And uh, you're also kind of – because at this point, you know that the Cajuns are just after them, right? Yeah. And, you, and clearly this guy – There's a French larger speaking, paranoia. So.
2: Is that like
4: – So you're like, is this going to turn into like – is he going to bring him into the town and the whole town has been in on it? You don't you don't really know at that time. So it, it gets to this uh, – I almost thought it was going to become like, you know, the, the town is in on this entire thing and whoever gets into the, yeah, yeah. exactly. Cajun conspiracy.
2: That's the alternate title. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it, it gives you this real, this big whiplash that after you leave this sort of like jungle nightmare wartime situation and then all of a sudden you're on a back County road. And the dudes right. are in a truck and like the look on their faces when they see that. Uh, and then, yeah, you're right. What the the sort of climax of the film milks is the larger paranoia that they've uh, experienced as their psyches have just been destroyed. Right. Because, I mean, um,
4: they're in this town where everyone seems very happy, very friendly, very family orientated. And they're they're having a party in a bar, and the song is fire. Yeah, and uh, and <laughs> Yeah, and and like, man, those, those people can dance. Oh man. Oh and man, there is something
2: hollering. There. Yeah, there's, man.
4: There's, guys there's killing a guy it on the accordion.
3: There, yeah, there's one guy in the band I really liked. He's sitting there in a stool, he's just a huge fat guy, and he is going to town on a triangle. Um,
4: triangle. Yeah. <laughs> and he's actually ripping it. Like I've never <laughs> I've never heard a triangle sound Shred. that good. He's shredding, <laughs> he's that shredding that, that triangle. <laughs> shredding that triangle, man. <laughs>
2: What a solo! <laughs> uh, and this sequence is uh, my favorite sequence in 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 the film, um, which mm-hmm, is me too. that the 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 sort of formal elemental stuff that Walter Hill takes here is that their psyches kind of take over the editing room here. Yeah. And yeah. as they're walking through what is mostly just a light hearted celebration and a nice dinner and some dancing, uh, the the montage here really hits home by Constantly speeding up the cuts to both mm. the dancing, to both Powers Booth's very paranoid face, mm-hmm. to sort of these um, more mysterious Cajuns, kind of uh, all pulling in in the background. Some of which are probably just some nice dudes, uh, but he, some he, of which he are ne- the hunters. Maybe yeah. are the hunters who have been hunting them down. Um, well, and then, then you, also uh, it's the uh, slaughtering. Uh, oh. Oh, what's yeah, that? literal hogs to the slaughter, yep. yeah. Yes, there's a literal hog to the slaughter as they start, yeah, both splitting its throat and that's skidding it on the great. spot. Uh, Does anyone know,
0: were those real pigs? Because that shit looked legit. Yeah, they had it, to have been. That I was, think so, yeah. It, it really, it got under my skin watching it. Yeah, yeah so you're, you're
2: watching the, this horrifying image of them slicing open the hog. that's uh, everywhere. Yeah, and, and it's cutting with this very feverish, like, style of... Feeding it into Powers Booth's own paranoia of clearly he's about to be uh slaughtered. Right. <laughs> is right. kind of what they what, what they take from that.
0: And um, meanwhile, Keith Carradine's still just focused on getting pussy. That's <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. survived dancing. He's like, I
2: came here for my hookers, and I'm gonna find <laughs> like, goddamn it. We can't. I got a girl, I will. <laughs> I'm not letting up the dream. But uh, what it, what happens is that the actual one of the or two maybe or more of the the actual Cajun hunters do it's about come to the celebration them, yeah. because the whole town's coming together for this good old uh, uh, dance and meal, um, and we get one kind of final standoff that Powers Booth is ready for, and it's pretty damn brutal. Um, you, uh,
3: you have a direct connection here to Predator because one of the rednecks is Sonny Landam who played Billy in Predator. Yep. Uh, oh really she said the guy with the mustache the powers booth stabs right in the dick with the knife that's Ooh. sonny landham
4: oh damn that's sick didn't even yeah, know yeah that. I didn't know didn't that. that didn't even catch that i didn't one. notice he was, uh,
3: he was a walter hill regular he was uh he was first in the warriors he plays one of the cops in the subway i think they throw a police baton in <laughs> yeah. his legs and trip him up oh i and see then, he was also uh, in
2: 48 hours
4: yeah he's
3: one of the villains in 48 hours
2: oh very cool cool
4: yeah, and I also like that the that they finally get to use the uh, the blanks as kind of an actual weapon, or at least a distraction, so that they can actually fight back.
2: Yeah, um, they had a purpose for
0: once. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, instead of a just fucking their, fucking
4: their entire, entire day up. up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, because then he uses the knife on the dick, and then they use the knife on the bayonet. Yeah. And they, they, it gets he brutal. skewers one of those Cajuns pretty pretty. <laughs>
4: pretty awfully. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I cheered so hard watching it when that
0: guy got stabbed in the dick. I was just like, "Fuck <laughs> yes!" There's nothing like a good dick stabbing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Absolutely, it's pretty rare. I feel like it is. Yep. That's why when you see it, you go, "That you know, oh my god!"
0: Got to, got to give a cheer. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hats off. <laughs> yep,
2: and Jimmy hats off. <laughs> so yeah, you get this big climax where all all of the, uh, the the slaughter and the violence comes together with the deteriorating psyche, and they book it with their asses bare out of that, uh, (laughs) out of that (laughs) that, town, out of that. You see that heli and they're like, I'm done. (laughs) Yep. And finally the national guard shows up and we get a classic old freeze frame. And it says, this uh, was
4: actually something I got a little confused about. mm. I, the way that it it read to me because it starts to slow down and, and it almost seemed like there was something psychological about to happen. But then it ended up just being, it's the U S and they're going to get rescued. But for me, it actually seemed tonally very dark. And, yeah, and, no, it is. But it seems odd because they're getting rescued. Is it just because they've gone through this terrible thing, kind of like what Arnold is feeling at the end of Predator? Yeah. Okay, I, it just felt honestly a little odd compared to Predator. With that. I felt
0: I felt the same way about yeah. that shot of the chopper. It just I was like, oh shit, what's gonna happen now? And That's yeah. what I thought.
4: It, yeah.
2: Yeah, because yeah. it because it, it does kind of end with that same sort of like uh, like confusion and defeat a little bit, mm-hmm. but it it isn't as clear why they feel those things as it is with yeah. Arnold.
4: and they even look <laughs> at each other kind of like not with a satisfied look, but with a concerned look. And I'm like, well, you're being rescued. It was just a little odd to me, but uh, I still enjoyed it.
2: I think it does just have something to do with the experience that they've that For they've sure. had. That almost yeah. because because at first it's not revealed what those vehicles are. Right.
4: yeah maybe they're thinking oh it could be you know another exactly i think
2: i think walter hill was kind of getting at that there's like uh you know that they at a certain point it's just like they are fearful of absolutely everything Everything. sure Um, yeah i could okay
3: and, and I think typically you you would feel a sense of relief seeing a uh, National Guard vehicle pulling up to you, but we've just seen the, the skill and technique <laughs> of the National
2: Guard at play. <laughs> crash that chopper yeah, into exactly. the village. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm pilot coming in. The Cajuns single-handedly handedly take that, them all that, out
4: that anyway. <laughs> that would have been a great ending. If <laughs> they, like, finally get to it and the alley just explodes <laughs> into the trees. <laughs> They, they, were look like, it, other, I, the they were like at each other and then the credit. Like, damn
2: it, I knew we should have sent the experience bullets, <laughs> and not the training
4: group. I <laughs> gotta stop sending these trainees. Oh, that'd be great. Well that was it, I loved it. It was earlier in the
0: film, like the the one black soldier, like that they care so little. This man's just like bringing a joint and lighting up at <laughs> night. Yeah. And I have a line of – I think it was Fred Ward who says, uh, Oh, it kills your will to win. That's why I don't smoke <laughs> weed. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, if there if there was any, because uh, I guess that's the main thing here is that Walter Hill is depicting a a level of ineptitude we're not used to seeing particularly. Because sure. even even if we see that the maybe the U.S. presence in a place is inept usually the men are skilled in some capacity yeah. that's a good point yeah that's
4: a very good <laughs> like point predator.
2: yeah exactly like predator uh, but there-
0: uh even they they bring it up where, where powers booth talks about like how he you know was trying to get away from rednecks and now he's stuck with it it's like i don't know about you all but i know dave and i can attest of like growing up with these types of people that think they're more badass than they are the and weekend think, warriors yeah. yeah they can survive like any situation it's like it, when it comes down to it, when the shit hits the fan, like you're
2: you're weak. Like there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good portrait of that. Yeah. Anyway, if your Call of Duty training is gonna transfer over, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, can't no scope your way out of this one. I got I got a stockpile of energy drinks <laughs> yep. ready to get me through. Ready to get amped. Up. Get me through the apocalypse.
0: And <laughs> buying guns left and right. St- stashing them away in the woods. i got my bug out bags
2: buried. geocached. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I that's think, great. I think we might enter the reductive rating round on Southern Comfort with final thoughts. Uh, for me, Southern Comfort was a real solid four. Uh, it, it didn't quite have the same um, like. Uh, Heaviness and abstraction I felt that Predator had and maybe it's not a fair comparison because the movies really aren't trying to do the same thing. Sure, sure. Um, uh, but I really did appreciate what Walter Hill uh, was doing here and I don't know that I could even add stuff that I wish he would have done differently. I just think that maybe it was a little bit of I felt the same sort of confusion you had with the ending that maybe there could have been something that really hammered home yeah. uh, the the psychological deterioration especially just because the climax is so powerful right it's before so that. so good. Oh my God, uh, yeah. Because Again, the way that he shoots and edits the the hog slaughter versus uh, Powers' um, uh, paranoia and also just the sort of like general celebration that's happening around them in the way that it speeds up and speeds up till it's just like completely unbearable uh, to watch. And then... Only at that point in time does he give you a little bit of relief and he gives you relief by watching dick stabbing and skewerings left and right, (laughs) uh, which I wouldn't say uh, I would normally consider relief. Uh, So, again, it's it's a very powerful sequence and, yeah, it does feel like it just kind of all of a sudden just is like... And that's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was. I, I thought that a lot of stuff we've talked about, about the sort of ineptitude of uh, the, the soldiers, and I think especially the whiplash you get of this being a Louisiana story uh, versus being, uh, you know, a, a Vietnam or, uh, you know, a, a, a Congo or a Southern American country story uh, of, of U.S. presence there uh, really does. Um, uh, Almost critique that in a sense. Um, So, yeah, it was a four for me.
4: Nice. Uh, I'm going to give it a four as well. I honestly, I think maybe with a a rewatch or two, I I could get it to the five, to be honest. I was Mm. really, really into it, especially once that climax hits. Um, I was, again, a little confused by the ending. I think it's still hammered home its point, but I'd be willing to hear a little... case
2: though. If any listeners out there yeah, have a case for the ending on what sure. it, on, on on what Walter Hill is getting at, that that works for you. Yeah, uh, I would let love to hear that
4: for sure. Um,
2: just because, yeah, it was a little because, wonky for me. Well, because it's, me, it's but... just weird enough that you feel like it's got to be a choice.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, exactly because I mean, there's the slowdown. There's there's the it, even the the sound of the helicopter starts to slow down, almost like they're their psyche is becoming even more deteriorated and, that and Then that helicopter should have crashed ends. though i would
2: have fucking lost it yeah I I, five, instant five instant five <laughs> if, if like they're about to get rescued and instead the helicopter <laughs> crashes right in front of them yeah and like they end up getting like pierced by the blades and then the cajuns come <laughs> and kill them anyway
4: like there's your ending. that's a five walter
2: oh, Yes.
4: <laughs> oh man that's great but yeah i'm gonna give it a four for now but i i could see it maybe be in the five it's a high four for me sweet dave for you I am actually sitting at a solid four
3: as well. Wow. Look at this. We're, uh, we're mind melded right <laughs> yes. now. Here we uh, go. <laughs> yeah. I've seen this a few times now and the ending is a little befuddling. Um, I've also found that it, it does sort of sag in the middle when they're just kind of wandering around and arguing. And a, a lot of that is the point of the film. It's like, Oh God, just, just get to the fucking point already. You bozos, <laughs> <laughs> bozos, you jabronis, you maroons, <laughs> absolute knuckleheads um you want to be jarheads you want to be jarheads but yeah it's a it's 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 good i enjoy it my only my biggest knock no gators in that there bayou
4: where's the gators i I actually totally agree with that i was waiting for the gator scene and it just never happened
2: someone (laughs) someone should have got eaten by one for sure at least
4: one yeah we got a quicksand scene which was kind of cool
2: but uh yeah Yeah. (laughs) a chance for you uh
0: i think i'm gonna have to set this our our are halves so allowed. yeah half so oh, allowed. for sure yeah i think i'm gonna have to go with a three and a half okay. um be the odd man out it's uh it's a great great climax to the film um but yeah like my big thing is when we started immediately i was thinking i was like i gotta bring up the fact there's no gators like where the fuck are the gators <laughs> <laughs> are
2: dave robbed um, you of your opportunity
0: yeah that i agree with dave like it just it does kind of sag in the middle for me but god damn if powers booth just isn't just oh. pure
3: simmering rage. He's, a, he, he's
0: electric. Sports. He really is. Yeah. Like his his gaze. Of, oh. <laughs> yeah, I could watch two hours of him just staring into camera, like smoking a <laughs> cigar, Deadwood style. And I'd be like, yes, just, I, I just keep this on loop on my TV. That's <laughs> cinema, baby.
2: <laughs> Art. All right. Well, I think that will wrap it up for this week's show. That was Predator and Southern Comfort, Dave and Chance. Uh, this is the part of the show where if you've got anything to plug, you can do it here. First of all, my sink. I left it running at home. Um, secondly, <laughs> uh,
3: secondly, yeah, PodFast, PodFast. I know you named PodFast, Podcast, PodFast. Podfast. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to go get the papers. Get the papers. I know you name-dropped it at the beginning of the show. PodFast Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at PodFast Podcast. SoundCloud,
0: iTunes, goddamn Stitchers. We're everywhere. Yeah, PodFast and PodFurious on everything except for uh, Twitter. They apparently, someone got on that, so we're at... Podfast podcast no i just thought it was simpler Podfast oh,
3: podcast it? all one word <laughs> I, was after-
2: I, was I was like damn you guys you guys got beat to that yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah there was there was a Podfast and pod furious but they did like two episodes <laughs> and it was like of five them. years Twitters. ago Twitters. Oh, yeah. the, the rights you fucking lose now obviously there's only,
3: there's only eight fast and furious films as we found out so it was, <laughs> it's, very, found it's a out. very sad moment <laughs>
4: Um, <laughs> so you guys no, went through one <laughs> I was like, shit, we only got eight episodes.
3: It was quite a shock to us, quite a revelation. Um, so we've been digging through the filmographies
0: of... Paul Walker, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese. Tyrese Lucas uh, Black, we just recorded a Friday Night Lights episode. Uh, yeah, that should be Friday Night Lights. Actually, you said this is coming out in two weeks or so? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so when this I comes gotta, out, yeah, our Friday out. Night Lights episode
3: will be out because we're doing a football September. Yeah, so we we're digging into the, the politics of Peter Berg and... Uh, yeah. Damn. There was some, some gator material in there. Yeah, well. there's
0: some good gator talk. Um,
4: Beautiful.
2: Cool. So, well, I can recommend that. Go check that one out, guys. Podfast and Pod Furious, Talking all Fast family movies, which I would be – I, I, I would be, I was, I was going to look it up. I feel like I would want to talk one. Have you guys talked about the one where Paul Walker runs around a bunch? What's that one called? Uh, you talked about uh, Brick Mansions, the remake of District B-13? Yeah, I think I'm talking about that one where he does like parkour and shit.
3: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We have we don't have that on the schedule yet, but I'd that, love to work that in. Star, yeah, it stars that's,
2: that's Paul Walker and RZA.
3: <laughs> yeah, RZA. Oh, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, definitely do that one. All right. Uh, well, for us guys, in uh, one week's time, we're going to be doing uh, a bonus episode for you guys on Patreon, uh, where we are going to be inspired by Southern Comfort. Speaking of gators. Speaking of gators, we're going to be hanging out in the southern swamps for a little while longer on this show. (laughs) We're going to be doing a Burt Reynolds Gator McCluskey double feature of White Lightning 1973 and the Burt Reynolds directorial debut sequel. To white lightning gator with the beautiful mustache with the beautiful mustache <laughs> so no mustache and white lightning no. so we're going to be hanging out for a little longer in the southern swamps there we're going to be crossing county lines driving some moonshine around that's right so we're going to be sweating and sweltering all those things so <laughs> that sounds like- Amazing double feature. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, oh, again, yeah. if you guys want that episode, patreon.com slash podcast. It'll be up next week uh, for you guys as of listening to this. Uh, and in two weeks' time, we have uh, a special guest coming on who is uh, specifically a history buff. So yeah, we, are history gonna, we are going to bend the rules of this show a little bit to include historical epics and action, technically. Uh, Pretty prestigious for our show, but they're, yeah, we've got to talk about it. I felt a little bad because I was like, this is not that genre. Uh, I can't I can't even make an excuse for it, but the guy wanted to talk about him, so we're going to bring him on. We're going to be talking Lawrence of Arabia. Hell yeah. Fucking four hours. <laughs> yep, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> but it's amazing, so we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to be pairing it with another sort of political resistance-esque uh, historical film, but with a very starkly different style, more of the uh, sort of like a, uh, documentary, docudrama style, Battle of Algiers. Nice. Um, watching the Algerian uh, folks in the 60s battle the French colonists. Um, Both excellent films. So That's what we're going to be talking about in two weeks' time for you guys. Um, And yeah, that's what you can expect from the show. Uh, Thanks so much, as always, for listening. And uh, keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy, guys.